welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California, syndicating to over 100 stations globally and iTunes and iHeartRadio as well. I'm your host, Yvonne L. Silver. If we haven't met, yes, I was born in London, England, so hence my accent. Although currently living in Canada at the base of the Rocky Mountains in beautiful entrepreneurial Calgary. And I'm joined today by my beautiful guest, Leora Leone, who I'll formally introduce in a moment. How are you, Leora? I'm good. Thank you, Yvonne, for having me. You're welcome. Where are you dialing in from today? Los Angeles. Woohoo! Okay, so we've got two time zones, two busy women celebrating success today. Now, if you haven't dialed in so far, this show is about showcasing amazing women. Women who've typically risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world making transformational change, making a big impact, a positive impact. And I like to bring these stories to life bringing the authors onto the show so that we can celebrate what they've learned, share the wisdom. And along the way, very often there are free gifts. There might be events coming up to invite you to. So make sure that you have a pen and paper handy. Make sure that you are staying till the very end. This is an hour long show. And make sure that you pay close attention because there are some beautiful wisdom nuggets to learn here. I'm bringing to, to the forefront 30 years of business success, leveraging on 20 years of senior HR experiences. So I may reference some stories along the way in in that mode too. And then more recently in the last 10 years, working as an executive coach and mentor, working to support women in particular, women entrepreneurs seeking to flourish. And if that's you, pay close attention because there's lots of lessons along the journey. Now, today I'm joined by Leora Leone. We're both in the same mastermind group together. She's a beautiful soul who I met there. I've had the opportunity to have some one-on-one conversations, some sessions, and I understand quite a bit about her work. And we're going to be talking today about a really, really important topic. Pay close attention because this is about a topic called the powers in you. And we're going to be talking a lot about Leora Leone's success recently in launching her book, The Power, The Powers in You. It's such an interesting title. And it's actually a very easy read. It's a workbook that is about tapping into your superpowers to change your life. Now, who doesn't want to do that? We're right in the middle of, well, just coming out of COVID, and we're right in the middle of starting to open up the world. People are attending live events. We still have virtual events. There's tons to shift and learn and grow into in the new way of living and new way of doing business and building relationships. So the power is truly in your hands. If you're ready to make a shift, listen up. So Leora, by background, Leora Leone is a published author. She's a TV host, show host, and a divine path life coach. I'm going to need an explanation on that later. She's also an energy healer, teacher and coach, and an international motivational speaker. She learned how to overcome successfully pretty much any trial or tribulation. You will be blown away by her story. And those tribulations that came her way, she's realized that never giving up and the determination plus some extensive education and training has helped her to discover the secrets. 
secrets to leading a happy and successful life and bringing in a lot of work over the past 30 years in metaphysics. So this is a really interesting interview. So let's dive in. I know that you have uh, an entire life of trials and tribulations. I'm going to let you share your story just to sort of set the stage on how did your childhood and what you experienced growing up impact who you've become today? Well, thank you, Yvonne. Yeah, you know, I think everybody that comes to this planet has lessons that they have to get through. And what I'm noticing now is a lot of the younger people are coming in already awakened, already helping without having to go through a lot of the trials and tribulations that we had to go through. Um, but I, you know, I came from a very dysfunctional family, uh, divorce father that was never around a very abusive mother, very narcissistic and uh, went through physical, mental, sexual abuse um, several times uh, and really uh, was trained to not like who I was um, and then grew into, you know, a young adult. I was raped. Um, then I went into relationships that were physically abusive um, because you're in that mentality of being a victim, right? Yeah. And so it took me and throughout all of this, I was very intuitive and I was psychic and I could see visions and I, I had this ability to and at the time I didn't understand it, but I would see, you know, people's futures, I would see, you know, things that I would be they would be shown to me. And I think I always had this guiding energy that helped me get to where I am. And you know, then I ended up getting married and having two wonderful children. My one son, Brandon, uh, had severe autism and bipolar, and he died two years ago at 25 due to complications because of meds, you know, they when they have behaviors like that. And we tried not to do meds. And I know your son is disabled as well. And uh, it's definitely a life that we chose. And, and we have these you know, connections with these, you know, souls that we're going to help them through their life. And that was what that was with Brandon. But, you know, I was so grateful to have that. And then, you know, as a mom, I poured everything into my children. And then I started getting ill. And I had cancer of the kidney, my left kidney taken out. And then I had cancer, breast double mastectomy, stage three breast cancer. And it, right before my shaman, uh, before my uh, birthday, uh, and I, I was going to be 56. And um, I always knew at a certain age that I would die at 56. So two weeks before my 56th birthday, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. The great thing about it was, is that I was in the middle of my shaman training, I studied for over a year clinical training, um, over a 1000 hours. Um, and I really understood what it was about. And then I started to understand what everything was about. And everything was about lessons, these trials and tribulations that we have in our life, we set up before we actually come into this physical reality, we say, okay, we want to take on this much, so that we can grow spiritually this much and evolve as, you know, beings that we are divine beings. And some of us take on a great deal. And some of us, you know, take on not so much, but I decided to, you know, just take it on all and and what I realized was that it was a way for me to learn 
what it was about, most essentially, and then to help people to follow my dharma. And my dharma was to help people find their dharma, to help people understand that all of these things that happen to you in your life, as hard and most difficult as they are, they're all lessons to help us grow. And they're there so that we can expand as not only humans and be the best possible human that we can be, but spiritually, we can grow and evolve so that we don't have to come in anymore. And we don't have to deal with the karma and we don't have to deal with the trials and tribulations. We can come in and just enjoy our lives. So mm-hmm. anybody out there that is going through something, it is exactly what you asked it to be. And I'm going to tell you today how to deal with it and, and move on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's really it's really a challenge for those who are early in their awakening journey to appreciate that we attracted certain things. I mean, I know uh, at one point early on in Alex's life, you know, he started having seizures. My son Alex is now 27. He started having seizures at a year old. And up until he was six months old, we didn't even realize that there was anything amiss. Um, And I remember, you know, taking him to daycare. I was going back to work after six months, um, taking him to daycare the first day. And, you know, he was upset. He could feel I was tense. He was crying. I was crying. We We got to the daycare in one big puddle in my car. And after getting him settled there and I drove to work and I was crying the whole way there, I'm like, why am I doing this, you know? But I know I need as a whole person, I need to go back to work. I need my own thing as well as being a mom. I don't want to completely lose my business identity. So I had a okay day at work and then go to pick him up at the end of the day. And the daycare director pulled me aside and said, you know, my dear, I'm not sure if you're aware, but by now your child should be doing this and should be doing that and should be doing this and should be doing that. And listed this whole long laundry list of things that he wasn't doing and you know the end comment was maybe you need to go get him checked out because I think he might have some developmental delays oh as a mom right I mean all of my girlfriends had baby girls and I had a boy we know that girls um, mature first faster than boys so um, I wasn't really worried about him but I didn't realize how much was actually going on with him. And then at a year, he started having seizures. And then medically, that caused a whole bunch of tests, which uncovered some other things along the way. So although I don't refer to him myself as as disabled, although that he fits into that category of programming, mm-hmm. um, I call him special needs because I believe he does have special abilities. And I'll share a bit more about his journey later on. But it's so interesting because I was thinking, you know, how... And why did I attract him? Why was he gifted to me? And realizing that as a very resilient, strong person, as an advocate for others, part of my journey is developing confident conversations. That's what my book is about. And I was able to do that for him. I was able to advocate for him because he really didn't have a very strong voice and people couldn't understand him when he was you know, under three. And uh, he needed me. So yeah, I was gifted him. So thank you for sharing that. But it's hard to wrap your head around sometimes when it's a really big scenario that is gifted to you, isn't it? Well, you know, and that's one of the things that we our life is so complex. There's so many more parts to it that 
we don't understand or that the typical person does not understand. It goes way beyond just this physical reality. And with Brandon, I realized that I had a 25 year old contract with him Mm -hmm. and I was going to work with him and and everybody that's in my life, the husband, the everybody, the friends, when you come in as a helper And that's what you do. You come in and you carry the burden of a lot of people, but you agree to these contracts before you come in. And you're both out of body saying, hey, will you help me get through this life? Because I have to clear up this karma that I created in other lifetimes. So will you come in and be by my side because we have this mutual love? And you say, absolutely. And sometimes when we're in the middle of it, and I'm sure for you too, it's exhausting. And when you're a caretaker, there's there's nothing more exhausting in the world because it's all about your child. Um, but yeah, we, we have these contracts to so these agreements that we come in. We have agreements with ourselves. This is what you're going to go through. This is a contract that you have with someone and you're both going to grow by design through your relationship. So everybody in your life, there's a, con- a contractual agreement before you come in to be in there, even your parents, right? So yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a different life. But it it when with Brandon, I grew, I mean, I, and I, I was his advocate, I had to be, I had to, I had to know, by by his last three years, I became his palliative care person. And I, people came to the house, I had doctors, all the different doctors, I and doctors, this is what I learned about the medical field is, you think, oh, a doctor knows everything. Well, no, they don't. And, and you have to coordinate between the doctors. I was reading his, I had blood work done on him every, every day, every week and reading his blood, checking his hemoglobin levels, making sure, you know, if they went below this and below, and I became his palliative care nurse and it taught me so much. And just his whole life taught me because I had to fight. I had to fight to get funding. I had to fight school districts. I had attorneys coming in. I had, you know, just all the time advocates helping me because just to get this kid a proper education, you know, Yeah. And now what's wonderful is my daughter is a kindergarten teacher. Well, she's an elementary school teacher and she's dealing and autism has boomed like uh, not the severe kind like Brandon's, but all these kids. And it's they have an autism day where they celebrate in, in elementary school. Now they celebrate autism. They celebrate differences. So it's so amazingly different. My child was a pioneer for this big movement of autism. And so he had to go through everything. So now kids can get what they need immediately and they're not shunned by the community. And, you know, so. It's so interesting because in Alex's case, excuse me, we could have had him assigned to the public system and have an aide assigned to him, which basically would have been someone trailing around with him during the school day as he goes into regular classes I really feel, though, that he would have gotten squeezed out because he wasn't very um, easy to understand. And then also he was a little bit disruptive. You know, mm-hmm. when he wanted attention, he wanted all of the attention. And I remember taking him to a music class when he was about four. And at the end, even though I, I was with him in the class, the teacher coming up to me and saying, you know, please don't bring him back because he's too disruptive. <laughs> because he wanted all the attention and he was you know galloping around because he was high energy and uncoordinated and really enjoying the program exactly kids were sort of getting out of the way and didn't really know how to manage that relationship with him because he clearly was big and boisterous but he was different and they didn't understand 
what was going on. So we ended up having him in a, uh, the Catholic system. My husband, ex-husband uh, had that option and he got in a group with a small group of one to three. So one teacher and, and three students plus an aide. So he got very high ratio attention and it really helped right. him to excel. But I, like you, I had to advocate for that. I had to seek it oh, out, yeah. had to go for the funding, look at, you know, all of the pieces that were Everything. together. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the metaphysical part, how does that feed into all of these experiences and the understandings? Well, you know, in my book, what I talk about, and and I give you all of the information that helps you break that barrier from just the physical into the metaphysical, which a lot of people think, oh, that's woo woo and everything. But my book is based in science. Mm-hmm. We're talking about energy. We're talking about the the um, oh gosh, now I can't remember, Your but equation. the God. Yeah, well, the but the God particle, the Boson-Higgs particle, which was discovered 2012, where everything on the planet in the universe has this one element that we all share, which is all we it's we're all created. It's the God particle. So mm-hmm. this divine where we come from, it's a piece of that is in us, our animals, rocks the sea, the planets. So we are all one living, breathing entity. So that's the first thing that people need to understand is that it's not just you out here against the world is that we are all one. Mm -hmm. So any judgments that you have about race, religion, creed, or whatever, you're it's all part of you. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all one living, breathing. Our planet is a living, breathing entity. So we are all related. So however you are in the day is what you attract, right? Mm -hmm. So then we go into energy and frequency. We all carry energy. We all carry frequency. All of our organs have different frequencies. And when we drop the level of frequency in organs, that's when we start to get sick. Cancer is at a low vibrational Hertz frequency. Mm -hmm. And then I go into religion versus spiritualism. And what it is, and, and my biggest belief system, and I was brought up Catholic, I had been introduced to Protestant through my Canadian relatives. And for me, what I came to understand is that we all have God within us. That's what the God source is. It's, it's the divine energy that we all carry in us. And that's part of the God particle. So I try to let you understand everything that is around you, spiritualism included, which is meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation has been proven to relax the body, proven like through scientific studies. All of these things that you think are woo-woo and, and spiritual, it's all science. You know, it's all part of who we are. So that's how I, I create I, how I get over the barrier of letting people know that they are actually spiritual and they don't even know it. The thing about religion that I found and in being introduced to several different types of religion, what bothered me is that there were religions that were so judgmental. Mm-hmm. And there's not a person on this planet that should be judged. I mean, obviously we have killers and we have things like that, and that's not good, but we're talking about just regular prejudices. And when a religion doesn't like gay people 
when a religion doesn't approve of, you know, something that they have these limits, that's where religion fails for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't care for it. I don't care for judging someone for their belief system right. or the way that they you know, live their lives, as long as they're not hurting anybody else, and they're good people, then they're good for me. Yeah, I've always said personally, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Um, Similar thing, because I don't like being put in a box, (laughs) like being told (laughs) I have limits, and that I have to live my life a certain way. One of my values is freedom. One of my values is community and creativeness. And all Mm -hmm. of those things I can express through um, being spiritual so yeah my first half hour of the day is about meditation it's about grounding myself bringing in reiki energy hollow sync recordings visualization gratitudes i write about gratitudes as well in my uh, best-selling book words women and wisdom the modern art of confident conversations how the some of the studies done by dr amons have looked at what happens when we consistently have gratitude in our world every day and how Mm -hmm. it can actually shift your vibrational level simply by spending time being grateful and writing down and having a gratitude practice every single day we know that there are certain vibrational statements that have low levels you know shame for example is you know pretty pretty low on the um and so is pride right pretty low on the scale if we look at um I forget his name now, um, Power Versus Force. Mm, can't remember the author now. Um, but but each of our emotions have different vibrational levels associated with them. Right. Obviously, love is way high up there. So if we're coming to the world with an energy that we've set ourselves up for success first thing in the morning, we're going to be bringing that vibrational level to everybody. And it touches you. It's like... It's like a bad apple in an apple core. You know, if you're right. a water cooler in the morning in a corporate role and you're being really negative about your journey in, it touches everybody. Same as if you come in, like my husband's always whistling and everyone <laughs> comments about him, you know, being this cheerful person who's always whistling in the office. It picks everybody up. It's, um, right. it's how we're connected, right? Yeah, one of my chapters is about gratitude. And no matter what state you're in, no matter if you have cancer, if you experience someone dying, if you're dying, whatever it is, the fact is, is right now at this time, there is always something to be grateful for. And the energy of gratitude brings in when you're in a a state of depression, and things are going wrong, disease, divorce, death, those things happen, and then you start, and it's actually the brain, the brain is constantly like a cycle reliving and reliving and reliving. So you're staying in that energy. So when you throw gratitude into the mix of it, it stops that. And that's one of the things too, I talk about in my book is neuroplasticity, and how we create so you can change your brain. So that's why I bring in the science, because it's all based in science, your brain is a computer. So you control your brain, and your brain controls your reality. So Mm -hmm. everything in your reality you can shift. And it's all about staying in that vibration of loving good energy. And where that comes from is being grateful. And and being grateful, simply having a roof over your head, having food in your stomach, having clothes on your back, you know, or or knowing that you were a good mom or having a good friend. Mm -hmm. That's all gratitude. 
And that's the way that we have to every day. I do this thing called aligning and it takes six minutes and you get up in the morning and you breathe in and you connect to the divine, the God source. And then at that point, you bring down all of that energy because that's where you come from. And that's your higher self too. And then you're breathing. And then for two minutes, you think about all the people in your life that you love. And then the last two minutes are thinking about everything that you're grateful for. It takes six minutes Mm -hmm. in your life every morning. And that sets you. And if you don't want to meditate in the morning, some people don't like meditation, but meditation is one of your superpowers. And that's one of the things that we absolutely need. It's where you can connect. We are all run by our higher self. It's Mm -hmm. not just us in the brain. There is our soul who we are out of this physical body. And I talk about um, ancestral or incarnational ancestry in the book. Mm -hmm. And that's something that people don't believe in is past lives, but past lives, how you can tell that you have had past lives, you have a remembrance, deja vu. You have a preference for something in your life that nobody has brought into your field of understanding. The immediate dislike for somebody or the immediate like for somebody. These are all past life energies and we carry these energies with us. So every life that we come in, not only do we carry the energy from childhood to where we are, we carry energy from all of the lives that we have lived. I studied with Dr. Brian Weiss, Mm -hmm. and he wrote Many Minds, Many Masters. And during that time period, uh, when I was with him for five days studying, he did a past life. And I I went into Roman times, and I was a Roman woman. And I'm here, I'm seeing these visions, and he guides you through everything. And this is what I do, one of my practices. But um, in this past life, The husband that I'm with now is a barbarian and I'm a Roman. And one of our friends, he was my, to be my fiance and we're getting married and the barbarians ride in and I'm, I'm seeing all of this in my head. And my husband orders one of the henchmen, his people to come over and they chop our heads off and I float up. So how this was so instrumental for me was the fact that my entire life, I had neck pain. My friend who was in the vision with me, he has passed already, but he had neck pain his entire life. The minute that I had this past life remembrance, my neck pain went away. So that was being a healer and being a shaman and a Reiki master and now a past life regression therapist. What I understand is it is the best practice to release energy and you're not releasing it on somebody, they're actually going in and experiencing it. Right. So we carry these energies, not only from this life, but from these past lives. And we have to release this. As you were writing that chapter, and I was reading because I've been reading your, I've been reading your workbook, and I, I've, I've been nodding as as you've been spe- speaking on so many areas. First of all, the whole piece about gratitude. Um, in the last month, you know, my husband's been in the hospital uh, for a week. My son's been in for a week and then was in again on the weekend um, for, you know, both for different things. <clears throat> but I had a lot of bedside time. And so I did have your book with me. And as I was reading through before I got to the hospital um, the third time <laughs> recently, I was I was feeling a little deflated. 
but I caught myself pretty quickly. And it was really thinking through like, come on, Yvonne, you know, you, you might be down about this and that and the other yet you have so many other things to be grateful for. You know, just look out of your window. You have a, you know, you have a roof above your head, money in the bank, food in the fridge. You have a beautiful block, a whole block of pond in front of you. You have this. I mean, I listed all the things that I was grateful for, things before I got to the people. Um, And it started to become a very, very long list. And it snapped me out of it right away. The past life regression piece that came up as I was reading through your book, sitting at the hospital bed, was I had this thing about driving on the highway behind trucks that have ladders on the top. I have no idea where that comes from. Um, I did have one experience where there was a, a coach, like a big bus that has those great big, you know, four foot by four foot glass windows that are intended to be an air vent that pops up. But mm-hmm. there was one on the other side of a highway in England um, that actually popped off and flew across into our lane and bounced right in front of our car, which luckily didn't hit us, could have. But the whole ladder thing, I don't know where that comes from. So perhaps in a past life, I was behind someone and the ladder came up and chopped my head off. I'm not sure, but it just comes up every time. I just can't be behind someone with a ladder on their roof. Right. And, you know, when you were talking about going to the hospital and for people that are listening, thinking, well, what am I grateful for? Grateful for a hospital. Grateful that there's a place that you can take. I mean, imagine living back in the 14th century or the, you know, where it was just, you know, you died like at the age of 20, if you got a cut or something like that. So even you can always find that, that gratitude Mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, there was an image that flashed through on Facebook this morning and it was a toddler, um, probably 14 months old, maybe. And she was feeding herself and she was trying to balance, a, I think it was a piece of pineapple or melon on a fork. Um, and she was doing it with her feet. And then looking oh. closer, she didn't have any arms. And it was exactly that, you know, what are you grateful for? Right? And she was struggling, yeah. finally got the, you know, got her toes and the legs in the right angle to be able to feed herself this, this piece of fruit. And and you know, you, you I, I get that, that and it just touches your heart, but it also it, is reinforcing that, you know, we all have something to be grateful for. And, you know, I understand that people like when you're in the middle of the muck and I, and I have a chapter called flux. So when you're in the middle of the muck, you're in the middle, your world has been set upside down. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Gandhi. I don't care if you're, you know, the best spiritual coach in the world or the best life coach, you're going to hit those times where you bottom out. Mm -hmm. And that period of flux is when you're in the middle. And no matter how many skills that you have that you teach people or that they all disappear, and you're just trying to keep your head above water. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is allow that energy to be there, allow that point of not knowing, not able to get yourself out, uh, just, you know, you're just hanging on, allow that energy to be there and let it dissipate. Mm -hmm. Because it eventually will, what that usually means is when you're in that point, that you're getting ready to raise your vibration, you're getting ready to level up. So every time we go through and people know this, and you look back at your past history, everything that has happened to you, 
you're still here. You made it out. But we do, we get in those, I've been in those periods where I'm just, and and sometimes because I like to be as authentic as I can when I'm teaching and when I'm with my clients, when I'm in that middle of that flux period, I won't teach and I won't because I don't feel I'm being authentic because I'm I'm lost. But then I wait for it. I ask the universe or the multiverse. I say, please just get me through it. Help me expedite it. And I'm eventually going to start working on what I need to work on. And that's when we do people like you and me, we understand, okay, we've wallowed long enough. We'll allow ourselves to wallow a day, possibly two. But typically, I mean, even after my son died, I allowed myself to grieve and I went through, but I started in immediately doing the things that I had to do. And that was optimization of body, mind, spirit, thoughts, words, and actions. And that's the biggest thing about my book is making sure that was the equation that I came up with because I realized when we optimize every part of our life, body, we exercise, we take care of ourselves, we eat right. I'm on an anti-inflation or anti-inflammatory diet because mm-hmm. I had breast implant illness. So I can't eat a lot of foods, but it keeps my level of um, inflation down or inflation, inflation. inflation. Yeah. What is it? Inflammation. Inflammation. There we go. And so, and I, and I exercise. And then as far as mind, I work on uplifting material. I watch uplifting material. I kind of stay away from social media. If anything's negative, I don't watch it that much. And spiritual, I meditate every day, sometimes two times a day. And that is my vital connection because it, your higher self is you guiding you all along and it gives you all of this information. And then I go a step further to thoughts, words, and actions and staying in the vibration of love. And so action could be as simple as you're driving your car and somebody pulls out in front of you and you want to give them the finger. And I still do that, but I try to watch in Canada, giving people the mitten. Oh, you give them the, that's the Canadian in you. That's like, okay. The American is like, you know, so anyhow, (laughs) that's why we're loved by the world. But so the physical, you want to keep the physical in whatever you can being generous of spirit with people. And then your, your words, words carry vibration. And you can look at somebody and smile and say something that cuts them to the core. So you've got to be really careful about your words. And the hardest, the most difficult uh, challenge is to watch your thoughts. Because your thoughts create your reality. And even if you're just joking. So every time I have this other chapter, the stop sign, and I think you said you were there. And I learned this. Um, it's a, it's a method that I learned a long time ago. I was in a de- severe depression over a breakup with a boyfriend who I thought was the love of my life. And I seriously, I went to see a psychologist. I was so depressed and she gave me this book and all oh, for the life of me, I never remember it, but, oh, feeling good. And it, it had this stop sign exercise. Um, so when I'm teaching and I teach over in Europe as well, And I talk about when you have emotions and you have these reoccurring thoughts, like you can perseverate on things. You can constantly, you know, like, oh, did he mean this or did he mean that? Or should I have done that? Or how are they feeling about me? And your brain starts just going over, right? And you simply stop and you change in the middle. 
of your thought, your negative thought pattern, and turn it into positive. And if you can't turn it into positive, that's when you go for the gratitude, right? So, and one thing that I learned too is that, you know, you, it's okay to have emotion and it's okay to talk to people about it. But when it gets to the point where every conversation you're talking about it and you haven't made any changes, that's when you have to start changing things. You know, like with with people in my life, I'll allow them to vent and cry and everything. But in a while, if they're not showing me ways that they're working to get out of it, I have to stop them and say, hey, you are not helping yourself. You're in this this repetition of negativity, you've got to break that cycle and you've got to help yourself. So I don't know what we were talking about. One of my favorite, one of my favorite coaching questions, you know, thank you for sharing all of that. And I can understand and appreciate it's challenging. It's painful. It's time consuming. And I know that you have the power to shift that. What's your first small step? What are you willing to do? Willing to do today to start shifting that and getting something more positive going on yeah and that's the thing about me right I don't want to take it on because then I end up carrying everybody else and I had a conversation with a um, another um, colleague of mine about carrying recently right I mean I could have got a lot further into carrying with my son in the last week and I figured out what I needed to do to stay whole because if I don't have my own air mask on first, first of all, I'm out of integrity with what I'm sharing and teaching my clients. And secondly, I'm drowning and I won't be able to help anybody else. So exactly. I needed to you know, snap out of that, get back using gratitudes, get back to a balanced place and say, well, I don't have control over that. But what do I have control over? How I choose to respond to this situation that's in front of me. What can I do to stay whole? What can I do this? that's maybe creative, that's different, but gets the impact happening that is really what's needed in order for the person to help themselves, right? It's not yeah. me helping all the time. And people don't want to help themselves. And that's that's the that's the the struggle is that's why the pharmaceutical companies are multi billionaire billion dollar companies is because mm-hmm. they want to take a pill. They don't want to change their lifestyle. Oh, I have diabetes. Okay, so you're 100 pounds overweight or 50 pounds overweight. Uh, your diet is horrible. And, and, I, and I see these people all the time that have issues that they can fix, but they don't want to. They don't want to put in the work. And you and I both know that getting to where we are, it's taken work. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the benefits are amazing. That feeling of joy that you have by just doing these little things. And you don't have to do it all overnight. You just make a little shift. You know, someone with diabetes can start cutting out sugar out of their diet. They can start walking, right? So I'm putting my hand up in full disclosure because I am diabetic. And I know that last year when I, um, I actually had another guest on my show, Dr. Annika Becker, who's the um, author of Keto Green, and I decided, um, I knew that she was coming up as a, as a guest. Um, I bought her, her book, dived into the book, and within three weeks, I had um, 30 pounds healthier in my lifestyle. Right. Um, so I continued on, did 40 pounds more healthier. 
um, I could feel the difference in my body without uh, all the sugars, the inflammation piece. Yeah, absolutely. A lot less joint pain. Um, and so that's on my agenda for oh. this year, too. I just needed to get through you know, all the hospital stuff because no. it requires no. a lot of extra a lot of extra planning. But it's it's possible to still be living at the hospital with somebody and staying on your keto plan. It's just yeah. takes a lot more planning. Right. Yeah. And and that's it. It becomes it becomes rather than a diet, it becomes a mindset or, you know, just a way yeah, right. that you live. Like people go, oh, I can't go out to dinner with you because you have this and this and this. And I can go out to dinner and I can find a salad or I can find something to eat yeah. all the time. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't create. It's a, it's a lifestyle for me. Yeah. You know, I stay away from things. And once in a while, I'll cheat. And believe me, if there's like a trace leche cake somewhere and I haven't had sugar in a meal, I'll have a little piece. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, deny myself, but I know it's not for anybody else. It's for me because I want to wake up in the morning and I want to feel good. I don't want to feel that pain of inflammation and I don't want to feel groggy and all of that. And so it, it takes, a, I don't know, for me, I've always been able just to look at a problem, dissect it. And how can I make a change? How can I create it? Even even now, like working, you know, I told you that I had these shots in my back for I have like a, a couple of crushed discs down in the lower back. And I was from an injury back up in Canada a long, long time ago. I fell on my I was on a run and I was by a stream and I hit a mossy rock and I went up and fell right there. And so, you know, 40 years later, I'm like, <laughs> but anyhow, that you know, now I told you I got that shot and the shot was a cortisone uh, nerve thing, nerve block. And initially the cortisone didn't make me feel great. But then the next day, like yesterday, I went on my usual mountain hike and I was like nine minute miles and I'm going, my husband's like, <laughs> it's like, come on, slow down. I'm, and I feel like a 19 year old. And then I started to think about it all night. There's a connection. So cortisone represses the immune response. I've got to find something natural more than what I'm doing to suppress because I live in full, you know, immune inflammation situation. And I didn't realize it till I had this shot. So see, there's my gratitude for that showing me. But what I do, and what I think we do uh, coaches and people that help people is we find what is the problem? How can we fix it? I'm always trying to fix fix Mm -hmm. this, fix this, fix this. And that's just part of me. And I'm very lucky that I'm that way. But people have to take some at some point, you have to take responsibility for your life. It's not the government. It's not the food industry. It's not this. It's you. You know, you have to holding you down and pouring food in your throat. You are choosing, right, what you put in your body. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a very, I think that's a very important point you raise because you, know, you have shamanic training, your Reiki, uh, master teacher, certified channeler, um, past life regression therapist, all of those things. Um, and so some of those things, um, fixing, I'm sure does come up a lot in the coaching work that I do as a, you know, trained as a certified executive coach. One of the things that came became apparent early on is, yes, we very often, you know, me in particular, get called in because there is something not working. Like there's a reason why someone wants to pay someone else to help them solve a problem. Um, although what I look at is instead of 
fixing. I actually look at it the other way around. I look at it as a possibility, as an opportunity. And so once we've dealt with that immediate thing, we usually have connected and created such a strong bond that then we can have the conversation and say, okay, so that was one little thing, but your life in general, and I'm not a, a life coach, I'm an executive business coach. Um, your life in general, your work life is only one piece. What else is there that, that needs work that's shown itself now through the circumstances that you've reflected on, that have bugged you, things that are coming up, recurring things that keep coming up? What is the pattern that's being shown to you where there is an opportunity for you to have a much richer life? Because the universe, as I call it, you know, wants you to be creative. It wants you to have joy in your life. It wants you to be happy. And yet we know that when we grow and stretch into something we never dreamed possible, <clears throat> that elation feeling of, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I never realized I could do that is a powerful aphrodisiac. And it right. pulls us forward to want to continue to step into our greatest potential. And that's the that's the energy I love to play in. That's the space I love to play in. Yes, right. I work with women entrepreneurs. It's those that are seeking to flourish. They're they're having a certain amount of success already, and now they want more, and they're ready to often move up from a solopreneur to a CEO. So they're ready for that shift. And I, I actually, on that note, I have an event coming up next week, which is a, a four-day challenge starting 8 a.m. Mountain Time on the Monday, June 13th. And that is about moving from a solopreneur to a conscious CEO. It's a it's detailed on my website. If you want to look at it, look it up, find out the details under yvonnesilver.com slash events. It's on that page. Such an interesting conversation we're having today. So much wisdom coming out of all of this. What do you think um, in our last you know, 10, 12 minutes or so, what is it that you think are maybe the top three or four learnings that you were able to combine either in writing the book or to put into the book? What were some of the, the biggest insights that came out of that process? Well, <clears throat> and, and one thing, too, I want to let your audience know is that uh, this coming Saturday, June 11th and Pacific Coast time, I'm doing a class and you can go to my website, yeah. leoraleone.com, mm -hmm. and you can sign up for my class. Um, it's only $129 and I go through the entire book. And also on my website are PDFs that you can download. So you don't have to actually buy the book, but you can have the book in front of you while we're doing the class. Um, the, the takeaway from the book for me is about when you have issues and you were talking about this, when you, you do your executive trainings, you have to find out why it's repeating and where it's coming from mm -hmm. and where, where does this behavior come from? Why am I not dealing with this? Why am I doing this? How come I handle this in this way? And again, it comes from your childhood. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it comes from past lives. It comes, it comes from everything that you have absorbed. So you have to go back and investigate why you are acting the way that you are acting. What is the reason, you know, like somebody who enjoys eating food, what is that food doing? And for me, 
I went through um, anorexia and bulimia. You know, my mother always said, you know, that I was fat and ugly and horrible. And so I started to try to control that. Right. And so food became an issue for me. So I had to figure out where that came from. And obviously I found it. And then how do I change and work away from that? And still to this day, I like to binge, you know, like my daughter brought home chocolates the other day and I hadn't eaten chocolates in a year and they were Godiven. They were all these, you know, big, and I'm like, and I had 12 of them, but you know what the difference was is I knew I wasn't going to do it the next day. And I didn't berate myself. I allowed myself to enjoy it. And, and it was okay. I allowed myself to be okay with me. And what all of the book boils down to is loving yourself. Mm. Every opportunity that mm. we have, every situation is about how much you love yourself, setting boundaries, wanting to take care of yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually, wanting to make changes. It's not for anybody else. It's just for you. Mm. And you don't have to do it all at once. You know, I, I tell people when a baby is learning how to walk and it gets up and it takes a step and everybody's like, yay, that's amazing. You know, they get all this adulation and they want that again and they want again. And we have to do that to ourselves when we take baby steps. So say you want to cut out sugar. So one day you cut it out. The next day you had a little bit. Next day, have it again. And it's okay. Celebrate your days that you didn't have any and say, okay, now I'm going to minimize it. And maybe I'll go three days without. So take little tiny baby sips and start to love yourself. Start to cherish who you are. You don't want to make changes for anybody but for you. You want to stay in this vibration of love. And it's all about vibration. Being in that energy of loving truly who you are. And believe me, that has been, every time I thought I'd love myself, life said, oh no, boom, here's something else. We're going to show you. There's another lesson for you. Boom. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when my son died, that was a huge lesson of self-love. I didn't realize that half of the love that I was getting was from him. He was fulfilling a need that I didn't fulfill myself. So when he passed, I had to fill myself with that love. Another thing just happened where I was like a big self-love thing. And every time I get comfortable, I think, okay, I love myself completely. I sure don't because that's what our journey is. <laughs> you know, it's it's constantly loving who you are, no matter. It's like a, a rose, right? The petals just keep. keep An onion. Keep, keep, exactly. Keep, I like rose better than onion. I like it, right? So keep but unfolding, it, unfolding, unfolding until it you is. get to those beautiful stamens inside, which really do generate new life. So yeah. once we get to the very center of it, then we can share those seeds and spread that with, with others, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's about loving yourself and taking the time and the energy to give back to yourself, to set mm-hmm. boundaries, to create a life that you want Yeah. in, you know, watching your intake of social media, watching your intake of food, exercising, doing everything that you love to do for you, staying in that energy of love, changing those negative thoughts into positive thoughts, the negative words into positive words, staying in the optimization a body, mind, spirit, thoughts, words, and actions, all in the vibration of love. That's Mm. what the book gives you. And it gives you the tools how to do it. 
Right. So just to refresh, if you um, joined us after the beginning, the book is called The Powers in You. It's a workbook. So there's a lot of blank space, but there's some really deep, powerful questions in there. Yeah. Tap into your superpowers. Yes. And change your life. Um, so I've, I'm halfway through it. Um, I've got three pages stirred in particular. Um, so the six, um, the six component equation that you mentioned. Um, also, this whole question about behavioral training, body and mind, you know, writing down a recurring negative thought and then, you know, rephrasing that into a positive thought. So I've got some work, some self-work there to do. And then the other one so far is about the whys. So, you know, picking a characteristic, as you said, that you now know has come from growing up in a toxic childhood and you know what you think it is about that trait that continues to create toxicity in your life and how can you change that characteristic what are some steps you can take so the questions are very simplistic and yet they're so impactful and I know the power of words I mean I grew up in a household where my mom was um, originally a professional woman. She became a stay-at-home mom. And my dad came back from World War II, took a bullet in Dunkirk. He came back oh, with PTSD wow. and he was very uh, traumatized. And it just showed up as being a very angry, impatient man. He didn't like uncertainty. He loved rules and structure. And when he couldn't get that, he exploded and I was a very adventurous child who loved exploring and doing new things so we just clashed in our personality types and I now know why <laughs> I'm right I'm a nat- nurture action personality he was a blueprint personality very traditional and I'm happy to share more about this personality work that I do as well if you're interested you can also um reach out to me on LinkedIn I have an assessment it's actually a free assessment that I can send to you on that topic but it's about it's about paying attention. And if we don't carve out space for ourselves, for me, it's first thing in the morning, that first half hour grounding and putting the focus on me and setting me up for success during the day. I mean, my crown is still opening. It's vibrating as we've been talking here. And that was because of the work I did first thing this morning. Then the next meeting, the next meeting, being on Clubhouse, doing a talk, et cetera, et cetera. It's all been energizing because it's sharing wisdom. When I wrote my best-selling book, it was in honor of my mom. Uh, she was my first unmentor. What she showed me what not to do because my I dad, love that unmentor. Yeah, unmentor. Oh, I love that. Uh, he criticized her so much that she literally had the dignity drained right out of her. He he took a power. He she didn't have her own earnings, and she got this meager housekeeping money that barely fed us. Took the car oh. keys after she told him how to drive wouldn't let her drive and really capped her freedom and she lost her dignity and I swore I was never ever going to be like that and yet he he also turned on me when I was 11 as well and it ended up where I put up a shield to protect myself from his cruel words and I carried that shield all through high school actually till I was about 45 until I realized that yeah I was keeping everybody out so I didn't emotionally get hurt but I was staying small behind the shield. So what was the lesson? What was the lesson that he taught you that you asked him to teach you by that? Um, 
I believe it was about the power of words and about the power of potential, not believing. I mean, he he screamed at me, Leora, that when I got my 11 plus results um, that said you're either going to the smart school or the you know not so smart kids school, I flunked it by two marks. And I remember him opening the envelope, ripping it open, the results, he's reading them, his eyes go black, his face goes red, and he's like, you failed, you will never, ever be successful in life. And he shredded it and walked out. <laughs> and so, you know, for a while, um, you know, I believed that. And then I got angry and mad. And then I took on this energy of striving to prove him wrong. No, I'm not going to be that person. But and, it uh, was a big lesson. And but it was a I lesson. Yeah. He he taught you a lesson that you asked him to teach you and look where you have been. Sometimes our greatest teachers seem to be the worst Hmm. because those are our greatest teachers. The one that give us the hardest time, but we agreed to that before we came in, you, you do this and it'll make me a better person. So you took that on and he agreed. So like even my mother, I thank her because I know out of this, existence that I said, you come in and be a blazing, you know what, and it'll help me grow. And I could never have done what I did with my son, if it hadn't been for her abuse, but we agreed upon it. So it was always a lesson. Yeah, well, it definitely was the impetus for writing my book, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, and really downloading, you know, through that, that experience of meditation first and setting my own energy up for half an hour then writing for an hour while all of my family was still quiet you know getting up at five and starting it and it was really downloading and channeling Mm -hmm. what were the 40 words and word concepts that needed to be in the book to be the most powerful shift for women you know how do we talk to ourselves how can we can express our power before we even say a single word you know, what is it that we need to do to set ourselves up for success with positive language? Um, there's eight different chapters in there, and it's now on audiobook as well. So I was happy Good. to go through it and read it. <laughs> so it's my lilting English accent, and uh, that's on all sound as well. So the book is on Amazon if you're intrigued. Um, go pick up a copy. Highly, highly recommend it because it really is about asking for what you want in life and getting it not doing it through a mean, you know, hold your feet to the fire way, but showcasing your value, being clear, assertive, and using things like power pauses to let the silence do the heavy lifting, not reacting to things, creating a pause so that you can choose how you respond, which is super powerful for women. So today we've talked about a lot of lessons. We're just wrapping up here. Thank you so much, Leora. Um, make a note that you want to stay in touch with Leora. You can check more about her work and her upcoming event on Saturday, leoraleone.com. You can check out The Powers in You, her new book. Um, check out my book. Um, go to ivonsilva.com. Join me next Monday for the kickoff of the four-day challenge, moving up from a solopreneur to a conscious CEO. And I would love your insights. What did you take away from this conversation today? what were your biggest learnings, please reach out, join me on LinkedIn. And thank you so much, Leora. Thank you, Yvonne. Bye for now, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art 
of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you.
a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.